Welcome to episode 61 of the Montana Values Podcast. In this show, we'll talk all about how extremism and cruelty feed at the same trough. Let's get right into it with our host, Tammy Fisher. Hi, folks. Today, we're going to talk about who the real righty-right extremists are. And the story we're going to tell is a true story, one that gets too little notice because few are really paying attention. You see, Mickey and I have always viewed the extremists in Montana as interlopers, folks who have no personal achievements, no real connection to Montana and her values, and largely, no jobs. So these folks moved to Montana as political refugees, largely left alone because, well, we Montanans are taught to live and let live. We don't judge newcomers until they try to change how we natives live. And the extremists moving in are plentiful. And they think they will find a bastion of like-minded extremist Montanans when they get here. And while they do find some like-minded folks, those folks generally are the same out-of-state extremists seeking refuge in Montana. So it's a rather small group. It's incredibly vocal. And it's these folks who choose to spend their days tearing Montanans and true Montana Republicans to shreds with their newfound foothold in the state Republican Party. And they are good foot soldiers, solely focused on destroying the Republican brand with their new authoritarian vision of utopia. They have stolen our language. They have stolen our brand. And they are hiding in plain sight. Now these wackadoos are willing to do the bidding of extremist office holders in Montana. They troll any naysayers on social media. They tear down what good legislators try to build. And they try to undermine intelligent Republicans and Montanans with their propagandist drivel. It's not just their hobby, it's their profession. Because most of them are otherwise unemployed. And these foot soldiers of the current Montana GOP establishment boldly say and distribute propaganda against true conservative Republicans to divert attention from their own moral and character failings as individuals. And this truth is played out again and again. Because these dum-dums actually think they will never be discovered as the monumental human failures that they are. Because do the elected officials who use these wackadoo soldiers to beat back legitimate criticism do anything to stop the antics of these wackadoos? Nope. To the contrary, they push and promote and embrace the antics of these bullies. Because truth be told, these elected officials are just as character flawed as these wackadoo foot soldier extremists. Let's talk about a recent example of this. In 2018, a woman named Cindy Hamilton moved to Montana from Norco, California. According to public records, she has lived in Hamilton and St. Ignatius and now in Flathead County. She apparently believes herself to be a horsewoman. So who else proclaims to be a horsewoman that lives in Hamilton? Oh, that's right, Teresa Manzella. So that's an interesting coincidence, right? Yeah, it's not a coincidence because you see Cindy Hamilton is buddies with Manzella. Indeed, Manzella refers to Cindy as the, quote, horse whisperer. Later, you're going to learn, as we have over the years, that Manzella is not exactly a critical thinker, nor does she have great intuition about her friend's character. So it holds that when a wackadoo rolls into Montana, they typically start up or extend their reach into Montana with a Facebook page. And Miss Hamilton follows the wackadoo playbook to the letter, starting a Facebook group called Free Montana Project 2021 Legislature. 
Its members are the who's who of wackadoos currently serving in public office or their acolytes. Do you recognize any of these names? Troy Downing, Braxton Mitchell, Teresa Manzoa, Randy Pinocchi, Brad Johnson, David Dunn, Bowen Greenwood, Greg Hertz, Christy Jacobson, Kirsten Juris, Jennifer Fielder, Brad Sheeta. Yep. Cindy's followers and Facebook group members are the super nuts of the state. Promoters of authoritarianism, all the while crying for more freedom. And here's a taste of Cindy's propaganda, fully supported by the super nuts. Quote, David Dunn was such an outstanding legislator that the rhinos targeted and poured their money on such a sorry substitute. Austin Knutson is the best attorney general we have ever had. We all knew he would be a good AG, but we didn't know that he would be this good. To understate it, Austin Knutson has got our six. And when I say our, I mean we the people of the state of Montana, not the legal establishment. Big law or entrenched liberal legislate from the bench justice system and not the entrenched unelected officials of the fourth branch of government, the administrative. Thank God for Austin Knutson. I feel safer just knowing he is our top cop. Please keep up the good work. We the people are with you. Thank God we got an attorney general with a backbone, Austin Knutson. I've always said the strength of our state depended upon the legislators and governors we choose, but I'm really starting to see the huge importance of the attorney general we choose as well. The Conservative Solutions Caucus, Republicans, single-handedly killed our chance to protect Montana against a federal government tyranny run amok. Republicans are supposed to be the party of the Constitution. How can these imposters sleep at night with such a deception imposed on the good, but sadly too trusting voters of Montana, end quote. Cindy even posted a letter that she wrote to the Solution Caucus Republicans condemning their actions. Dear Solutions Caucus, 56 brave patriots pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor for the freedom and independence that you so casually trashed on Tuesday when you voted to continue giving the federal government full, unconstitutional, totalitarian control over every aspect of our lives, HB 570. How will you explain to your grandchildren why failure to protect Montana in her hour of greatest need was just the price to pay for your political power and personal gain? What will your legacy be in history? And don't even think of telling me that you 18 Solutions Caucus members voted in lockstep against Montana sovereignty with every Democrat and against every non-Solutions Caucus Republican on the basis of some contrived personal problems with the bill. I don't believe that kind of coincidence. It's never too late to turn around. Well, that's not actually true. You have a few weeks to try to undo part of the harm you've done to Montana, end quote. And remember, folks, this person has lived in Montana a whopping three years, yet believes she has her finger on the pulse of what Montana wants. Quote, our Montana state legislature is mostly business as usual right now, debating the arrangement of chairs while the Titanic is sinking. We need to let them know that it is not the time for bickering about all those normal little things the committees usually bicker about. We need to immediately build a virtual fortress around Montana to protect it from the insanity that is killing our country, and there is not a minute to lose. 
There is no need for secession because our founders told us what to do should we ever get the kind of federal circus we have now. Ignore it. I could give you plenty of quotes from them. Our state is sovereign and retained through our Constitution every right to govern itself in every way. We must stop sending them our money, starve the beast. We must stop acknowledging and following unconstitutional federal laws and regulations. We must become independent of them until they return to the Constitution. There are ways, but the will to do it must come first in the legislators and the governor, end quote. So we know she adores Austin Knutson and feels that she and he are like-minded in their approach to government. And we know that she views the Montana Republicans in the legislature as Solution Caucus or Non-Solutions Caucus. On that, we agree. The nutters in the legislature never seek solutions, only a government job. And when Ms. Hamilton talks about the oppressive federal government, you would think she would support conservative principles of self-reliance and responsibility. Yeah, well, it turns out she is exactly who we predicted her to be, a woman so lacking in character that she spends her days undermining those who have good character. And we know this because by her own words, she does not take responsibility for any of her choices. Let's start with the media recount of her personal practices. A California woman is accused of inadequately feeding 17 horses on multiple properties in Columbia Falls and around Flathead County, leaving the animals in various stages of starvation, according to law enforcement. Cynthia Jean Hamilton, 68, has been charged with aggravated animal cruelty and was booked into the Flathead County Detention Center on December 30th. On September 19th, Flathead County Animal Control Wardens responded to an animal cruelty complaint involving multiple horses at a residence in the Columbia Falls area, where they found five inadequately fed horses, according to a press release from the Flathead County Sheriff's Office. During an investigation, authorities discovered there were likely more horses belonging to the same owner at other pastures around the county. Wardens located 17 horses in total, all in very poor condition, and in various stages of starvation. Prior to the initial report, one horse reportedly may have died, the press release states. Sheriff's Office detectives were granted a search warrant on September 28th and seized all 17 horses and brought them to the Flathead County Animal Control, where they remain in the care at Flathead County facilities. According to charging documents, a veterinarian conducted physical exams on 10 horses, concluding They all had below-average body scores and all had parasites, which required a strong course of treatment. Hamilton told law enforcement that she could not afford to feed the animals, records state. The horses will remain in the county's care until court proceedings are finished and authorities are requesting donations of grass hay or light alfalfa grass hay. So while Ms. Hamilton is railing against the government and good Republicans that actually solve problems, she leaves her horses starving in the field. And she doesn't view horses as family members like you and I do. She refers to them as workers, much like slave owners viewed slaves. And here's the kicker. She blames the government for her horses starving to death. Here's what she posted on her extremist Facebook page. I really hate abusing this group with personal stuff. But this government-induced business failure has sidelined me and put me so far out of commission in political activism that I feel it's justified. 
I also hate getting personal because every single time I stick out my neck that way, I get it hacked off. I am sick to death of hearing people ranting that I should disperse the horse family to strangers through a horse rescue and or kill them out of kindness. If that is your solution, please keep it to yourself so that I can still like you. These horses deserve better than that after their service. It was my responsibility and I have failed. But it has been said, love has no pride. And when it comes to these poor innocent horses who are doing fine supporting themselves until we humans mucked it all up, who I have been putting my whole being into saving and keeping together for a year since government shut the business down because it was not on the essential business list and yanked the livelihood out from under 20-something horses, they were not offered unemployment. I guess I have no pride left, really nothing left in me at all. I am desperate for someone to speak for these horses because I am so far gone I can't go on. I need to be in a mental hospital. They need someone to find a placement for them, horseback riding jobs. Even for just a year so I can heal and recover, maybe regain strength, because no one will talk to me anymore and I just break down anyway. I'm too desperate. It has to be about the horses, not me. The horses can support themselves. They were doing fine before COVID. They just need their jobs back, taking out beginning riders on trail rides. That is all they know how to do, but they are expert professionals at their job. Is there anyone out there with a heart for horses who can step in where I have fallen and taken over the advocacy for these horses? Because although the responsibility remains, there is nothing left in me. I am totally dysfunctional now, and the horses have run out of time and our resources. End quote. So what's interesting is she sees fit to post this to her website or Facebook page, when at the same time, we know that there were people in the Flathead County who were offering to take in the horses. She simply just didn't want to give up ownership of them. And we also know that when she says she's tried to keep this family of horses together, well, that's just flat out false because the sheriff's office had to go to various different places within Flathead County to find these horses and find them in the state of starvation that they were in to bring them into the Flathead County Fairgrounds. So this plea that she's making on her Facebook page before the horses were taken from her falls flat because it's just not correct. It's not accurate at all. And the reason why we know that this is just her common plea about the government caused this and please help me because the government caused this, well, go to her website, her horsey horse website, and here's what it says. For a small donation toward feed or hoof care or health care, you can not only help feed these innocent victims of the COVID pandemic who had been supporting themselves and had their livelihoods yanked out from under them, they were never offered unemployment benefits, but donors are also welcome to go for a nice two-hour ride on a beautiful trail in the Kalispell area. The horses want to get out and do rides. They are bored. She really makes it sound like she cared for these horses, but the information we have received indicates that multiple people in the Flathead Valley actually offered her hay, offered to take her horses, and she refused. And this was long before she was charged with a crime. She didn't shelter the horses in winter, and she viewed these horses as a means to an end. And finally, the county investigated. I mean, think about it, folks. They got the search warrant in September and they didn't charge her until December. They were, that was all that time that she could have remedied this situation and she did nothing. And here's what you need to know, folks. 
Aggravated animal cruelty is a felony in Montana, and it's exceedingly hard to be charged with felony aggravated animal cruelty in Montana. You really have to work at harming animals to get to felony land when it comes to animal offenses. When I was a prosecutor, I only charged animal cruelty as a felony once. It's just exceedingly rare that we find animal owners who are this cruel. Because in Montana, we love our livestock. Whether we raise livestock for fun, for food, for 4-H, or for our livelihoods, we treat our livestock well because our livestock give back to us every day. And Montanans cannot stand to watch an animal suffer. That is why we believe in ethical harvesting of game. That is why ranchers treat their cattle so well, even knowing their cattle will ultimately feed families because we respect what animals give to us, either in companionship or in dollars. So Miss Hamilton was charged with aggravated animal cruelty, which under Montana law means... 45-8-217, aggravated animal cruelty. A person commits the offense of aggravated animal cruelty if the person purposefully or knowingly, one, kills or inflicts cruelty to an animal with the purpose of terrifying, torturing, or mutilating the animal, or, two, inflicts cruelty to animals on a collection, kennel, or herd of 10 or more animals. So how is cruelty defined in Montana? Well, we have to look at the misdemeanor statute to learn that. 45-8-211. A person commits the offense of cruelty to animals if, without justification, The person knowingly or negligently subjects an animal to mistreatment or neglect by A. Overlooking, beating, tormenting, torturing, injuring, or killing the animal. B. Carrying or confining the animal in a cruel manner. C. Failing to provide an animal in the person's custody with 1. Food and water of sufficient quantity and quality to sustain the animal's normal health. two. Minimum protection for the animal from adverse weather conditions with consideration given to the species. Three, in cases of immediate, obvious, or serious illness or injury, licensed veterinary or other appropriate medical care. D, abandoning any helpless animal or abandoning any animal on any highway, railroad, or in any other place where it may suffer injury, hunger, or exposure or become a public charge. Or E, Promoting, sponsoring, conducting, or participating in an animal race of more than two miles, except a sanctioned endurance race. And so what's the sentence for aggravated animal cruelty? Well, that's up to two years in prison. But what about these horses? What happens to them? Well, here's the thing. The taxpayers of Flathead County are now on the hook to pay for the care and well-being of these horses. So Miss Anti-Government now has burdened Montana taxpayers, you know, us real Montanans, with footing the bill for her actions. Sounds like a lot of personal responsibility coming from this self-anointed Republican, doesn't it? And how could Miss Hamilton stop this financial burden on the taxpayers of Flathead County? By transferring title to the horses to Flathead County so the county can adopt them out to rescues. Has she done that? Nope. So is her concern for the horses, for good government, for conserving tax dollars, or is her concern really for herself? So the horses sit at the fairgrounds, 
relying on the taxpayers and the goodness of donors to take care of them. Because Hamilton chose herself and continues to choose herself over her livestock. This is a common theme among the extremist wackadoos. Self-service. So when you hear from these wackadoos, whether those wackadoos occupy office or not, do a background check. How many of them are actually charitable? How many of them have mutilated the term self-reliance into meaning self-interest? How many of them suckle from the same government teat that they rail against? How many of them avoid personal responsibility for the sake of shaming others or blaming others? And how many of them have no job other than government jobs? Ms. Hamilton blames the government for her horses not being able to work any longer or pay to support themselves. Ms. Hamilton could have gotten a job herself, maybe, in order to raise the funds needed to care for her horses. So, when unemployment is at an all-time low, when employers are dying for employees... What does Miss Hamilton do in order to feed her horses? Get a job? No, no, no. Sits at home on her keyboard and defames real Republicans who are actually doing a good job. The fault for her choice to remain unemployed, sitting behind a computer screen, railing against the government and good elected officials. Well, that fault rests squarely with Hamilton. And I think maybe she should ask herself the same question she posed to the Solutions Caucus. Republican legislators. Ms. Hamilton, how will you explain to your grandchildren why failure to protect your horses in their hour of greatest need was just the price they had to pay for your political bullying and personal gain? How will your legacy, Ms. Hamilton, be in history? So will any of Ms. Hamilton's good friends in her Facebook group and in fan photos, the Teresa Manzalas, the Brad Sheetas, and the Austin Knutsons of Montana, will any of them come to her defense or rescue? Oh, we doubt it. Looks like they have already removed her from the Facebook group. And as we know, all extreme wackadoos, they tend to be cheap bastards. So you know for sure, they won't pony up a nickel to help their friend Cindy. Because bullies and extremists don't know how to be true friends. Their self-interest reigns superior to empathy. They are fair-weather friends, and it looks like the last one in the story to figure that one out is Cindy Hamilton. And all of this background is proof that what comes around goes around, especially with extremists from both parties. They tell on themselves. It's a pattern. Follow close enough and you can see the same pattern unfold with any extremist who is in Montana. That's why Mickey and I have hope that once the extremists are rid from the Montana Republican Party, our state can be governed by solution-driven Montanans and statesmen, not the wackadoos that make a mockery of our great state and her history. Thank you for taking us with you on your journey today. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Montana Values Podcast. Consider sponsoring the show by going to our website, montanavaluespodcast.com, locating the sponsor page and clicking on the donate button. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at MTValues. Find us on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. What's your favorite Montana value? How do you live it? 
write to us. Our email address is montanavaluespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.